This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. Welcome everybody to Uni Life. My name is James McGuire and with me today I have Shannon Lewis. Shannon Lewis, hello. Hello you? James McGuire, how, how are you? Going? I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited, I'm a little bit nervous because... You know, I'm normally sitting in that seat interviewing people and I've got no idea what you're going to ask no, me, so no. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> yes, well... I trust you. <laughs> well, look, in uni life, I like to talk about how you grew up, how you got to where you are now, and then your plans for the future. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah? All right, perfect. So, look, before we get started, I want to introduce you the best I can, and I know it's going to be horrible, and then you're going to take over and fill in all the gaps. All right, cool. So your name is Shannon Lewis. Yep. You are 20 years old. Yep. You are a TV and radio student. Is that mm. the name? Cause, yeah. Because I'm getting told it's film, TV and radio, and now I'm getting told it's TV and radio. So I'm majoring in TV and radio. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you also work with the marketing team at USQ. Yes, I do. And you, are, you do a bunch of things right here you have your own radio show yep. which is called wednesday seven till nine seven till nine while we're here is there is there a name for it is it just you it's just me yeah just i don't really Shannon lewis Shannon hey? lewis <laughs> <laughs> all right is there anything that i'm missing yet no you've pretty much nailed it well done i might be cheating a little bit because we were talking about it before <laughs> yeah we already know each other like <laughs> yes yes and look one of the things that i know about you mm-hmm. is that your parents are originally Yep. <laughs> from Scotland. Yes. What? Where? Do you know where in Scotland? Um. So they're from. I, I say Glasgow to people. People okay. generally know where that is, but they're yeah. from Clyde Bank, which is within that area. But I just say Glasgow. So what it's it, on the opposite end of Edinburgh, which is the capital. Yep. So if you look at the map, Edinburgh's here. Glasgow, you can't see me. We're on a podcast, but <laughs> you can see me. Glasgow's here. Yep. Edinburgh's on the exact opposite side. Right. Would it be like, you know, when people like ask us where we're from and we go Ipswich and they go, where? Like uh, Brisbane. And they go, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, mm, yeah that's like Glasgow, Clyde Bank. Yeah. Okay, cool. So your parents are from there, but they move you and your brother. No, no, they don't move you and your brother. They they move and then they have you guys here. Yeah. So they, they settle down around their twin. What? How old were they when they, when they came over? I don't actually know. They came over in the late 90s. Okay. And I was cool. born in 2000. Right. So. And you're the eldest. I'm the oldest, yeah. Eldest, cool. My brother is 16. Cool. Yeah. All right, awesome. So they come over here and they have you guys. Now, I'm sure, especially talking to another presenter here, kind of Giselle, who mm. has parents from um, England, from Swindon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a, it's a little different. Like, uh, there are a, a couple of challenges having parents from another country. Yeah. Um, so the, I say a language barrier, but it's not really a language. Um, so my parents are obviously Scottish and my dad has a very strong Glaswegian accent, um, which is probably one of the strongest you can find in Scotland. So I find myself quite a lot of the time translating for people. Mm-hmm. Like they find it very difficult to understand him. Um, when dad meets new people, I find himself like slowing down his words Um and just dragging out his syllables and I just look at him like, what are you doing? But it's just the only way people can understand him, which is fair enough. Uh, yeah. So he has to speak like really slow. Yeah, and... it's quite funny. And yeah. he says to people, he's like, this isn't normally how I speak. I'm just trying to help you understand me. <laughs> um, I find as well, not only is there like a accent barrier and a language barrier. Um, I say like obviously growing up in a Scottish household, 
in Australia, um, I say things that people don't always like understand. Like mm. we had it in here. Um, I say flip flops instead of thongs. Mm. Um, I, thought I, just, I just thought it was an American thing. I really thought, I didn't know that other countries said flip flops as yeah, well. Yeah. So, well, it's a UK thing in general because Connor and I say flip flops. Mm. Um, I say Hoover instead of vacuum. <laughs> You say um, the brand? I say the brand, You say yeah. Nike, not shoes, yep. Yep. Um, I say, what else do I say? I say kitchen towel instead of paper towel. I use a lot of Scottish um, slang and words. So instead of little, I say we. <laughs> okay. um, but That's it's like, quite funny. My boyfriend Tyson picks up on it all the time. Whenever we're talking, I say, oh, you know, I, I had a wee, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, you said it. <laughs> and I, he's actually started saying it too. So shout out to you. Um, can, I, can I say what I, the, as soon as I heard like your dad has trouble speaking to people, I just thought about like the first time Tyson, your your partner, mm. w- would have met him, and yep. how like or because like that's already awkward already. Mm-hmm. But to have a language barrier, it must have been so rough. I, pr- I prepped him for it. I'm like, okay, cool. So obviously, meeting the parents is quite scary. Um, and I told him, look, Dad has a strong Scottish accent, so if you're struggling, just I'll help you. <laughs> but he did really well. Like I'm very proud of him, and obviously they get along fine. Um, but yeah, like he did really well yeah. actually. Yeah, that's there was awesome. no problems. So, when you go into school, is there? Do you think it was any different having parents that were from another country, or do you think it was all kind of normal? Um, I think it was pretty normal, apart from like the education system is obviously different. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to stuff like OP, they didn't like um, the UK doesn't have OP. That's an Australian thing. Mm-hmm. So when I was learning about it, my parents were learning about it too. That's really the only difference I noticed. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you have a pretty normal high school life. Uh, well, not high school life, but like schooling life. Mm-hmm. Um, were you in the same school from year, like from prep to year 12 or? Yeah, yeah. So the school that I, I actually moved schools in grade four, um, but from grade four to um, year 12, I was at the same school. So I graduated with the people that I was in year four with, which mm-hmm. I think is quite cool. Um, we all got, we were all very close. Um, like there wasn't really any clicks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What one thing when it hit the year, the primary school, high school changeover, did any kids actually leave the school for another high school or did everyone basically stay? Everyone stayed. If anything, we had kids from like primary schools come in, but we just, you know, welcomed yeah. them. It was like, oh, cool. New people to hang yeah, out with. It's like, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. And you guys didn't get bored of each other, like knowing the same people from year four to uh, year 12? No, not really. Like no. it was a pretty, I think my graduating class, don't quote me on this, was like 150, 200 students. So there's a decent amount of them. Mm. Not Probably not now, but at the time I could easily name everybody and be like, oh, wow. like, yeah. And was it a pretty strong cohort from year four to year 12? I would say so, yeah. Did you have the same friends from year four to year 12 or did you kind of bounce around? I found that I could easily bounce around like friendship groups and stuff like that. Like obviously growing up, you're figuring out who you are, um, you change friendship groups, but I, I don't think there was anything like major, like there wasn't like any major falling outs or anything. Like it was just like, I was very, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Was there like real strong clicks, like real strong groups or was everyone kind of like adaptable friendship wise like that? I think it was pretty adaptable friendship wise. Like there was like the drama kids or like the sports kids, but like everybody got along really well. Mm. Were you playing any sport as a kid? Um, So I did dancing in my younger years. 
Um, and then I did martial arts. So I did jiu-jitsu, MMA and Muay Thai. I finished that up just before like year 11 and 12 because, mm-hmm. you know. How did you do that for? How long did I do yeah. it? Yeah. I don't actually know, to be honest. I had a bit of a break and then I picked it up again. My memory like through my primary and high school is just very blurred. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah. And I had participated in netball and touch. I don't know if I said that already. I love how you said participated. Show. I participated. <laughs> I didn't like. I was there. Um, right. Oh, you, you, you didn't play. You participated yeah. for netball. I just want to say for a non-contact sport, there was quite a lot of contact. I played a bit of netball. She's tough. Yeah. She, oh and, yeah. And the ladies, they aren't exactly the nicest. Mm. That was like my my parents actually refused to let my sister play netball because she. It's pretty she, gnarly. Yeah. But then, but like they didn't like the culture. They didn't like the the netball mums. That's the big thing that she was. They were kind of. I like, found that with dancing. Like dancing mums mm, are intense. They have think, a TV show named after it. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's part of the reason why I gave it up. And then I started martial arts and I've quit. But I'm still in very close contact with all the people there. Mm. So it's very much like a family unit sort of thing. Whereas dancing was just. Did your parents do it? Like, did you do it with your dad or something like that? Like, how'd you find it? That's a very good question. I don't know. Um, so growing up with like Scottish parents, they moved over here in the 90s. Um, and then my mum's sister moved over here with her husband and two boys. Um, so my cousins, I would say they're more like brothers. And I'm pretty sure they did it. They did martial arts before me. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's how I got into it. Um, Th- through your cousins who you're really cousins. close with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my reason for bringing that up is that, so we're very close. Um, so shout out to Matt and Russ. Um, and we would train together and just, I don't know if it's a Scottish thing, but like the banter back and forth seems like you're arguing, but you're not. Right. So we would get, my cousin Matt and I would get in trouble all the time because it looked like we were arguing, but we were just, that was us getting along and we'd mm-hmm. have to do like the punishment was like, you have to do 20 burpees. It's like, for what? we're not arguing and they're just like no it looks like you're arguing no (laughs) there's a lot of relationships like that like Mm. like, that's that's kind of like because me and my cousin are real close but we also have like a friendship group with the people we work with we actually have six different like family members working at this one fast food establishment oh cool so yeah my my little brother we just did our first shift together on monday night oh that's cool yeah it's awesome so so there's six of us and it's really funny and Mm. my roommate is a guy who does the rosters so i'm really trying to get all six of us on at one time Oh, yep (laughs) i think that'd be so fun yeah but yeah with um with benny like uh, benny sam zach like it's mm. all just banter we're all just giving each other a hard time and yeah. i think other, other people are like this is please don't do this to me <laughs> to the outside looking in like the relationship i have with my family is we're all very close like my auntie and uncle and my two cousins my brother mum and dad were all very close and i think like at christmas we like to do like a games night Okay, cool. But it gets quite competitive and intense. <laughs> so anytime like partners are invited over, like, they're just sitting there like, what is happening? <laughs> like it looks like we're arguing, but we're not. Like we're getting along. <laughs> does um does Tyson like, I don't think you should speak to your cousin like that. Or is it you just sit back? Just like, I'm oh, just gonna, he thinks it's hilarious. I'm just going to let him now, the that, now that he knows that it's not like a full on argument, like yeah. he loves it, like the banter around the dinner table and he gets involved. <laughs> like it's good fun. It really seems like you like your childhood for the for the most part. You really, it it really went well. Like, yeah, I'm the, really lucky. Like I didn't yeah. have anything traumatizing happen. <laughs> it's not like I'm trying to block that out. I just can't. I just yeah, I had it pretty crazy. Like I'm very lucky. Mm. So right now, probably one of your biggest things is the fact that you're doing radio. Is that something you really want to do in the future? 
In the future, definitely. Um, so I didn't actually decide that I wanted to go to university at all until like halfway through year 12, mm-hmm. which isn't like the typical journey, I suppose. So I'll give you a bit of a story time here. So in year 12, like halfway through year 12, I went to a open day here at USQ. So I was doing OP subjects and stuff like that. Like I was quite, I was good at school, but I just thought I'll just do OP subjects because I just want to like challenge myself, I guess. Um, So I came to an open day, like halfway through year 12 with a friend who was wanting to look at like the law subjects or whatever here at USQ. And I just kind of like went off by myself. I'm like, oh, there's like TV radio um, tours. And I was doing... I was like the sound and lighting person for like assemblies and school concerts and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I had always had an interest in, I've always been very passionate about music. Um, Like I think I got that from my parents. There's always music on in the house. Um, A couple of my dad's friends had recording studios and I'd went, there's actually a photo of me. I'll have to show you. There's a photo of me like literally sitting on a recording desk when I was like, four or five. Wow. So I think it's always been in the back of my mind, but I never thought, hey, maybe I could make a career out of this or mm-hmm. I could go to university for this. So yeah, so I came to a USQ open day. I went on a tour for the radio and TV studios and obviously these facilities are amazing. Um, and I met Dr. Jones, uh, shout out to you. <laughs> so I went on the tour and then I came back and I was like, hey, can you show me Again, can I have another tour? Who, who'd you ask to be shown again? Like, how uh, did you set that up? So I had Dr. Jones was um, orchestrating it. And then there was like the student ambassadors, which is actually what I'm doing now with the marketing team. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his name is uh, Jesse James. He was there and I went up to him, didn't know who he was. And we joke about it now. And I went up to him like, can you show me again? Like this little year 12 student, I'm like, can you show me again? Um so, yeah. You must be, like, the only person to ever ask that, I reckon. Do you, uh, do you think kids are asking for second may- tours? Maybe. I don't know. It's kind has, of embarrassing. Has any kid ever asked you for a second tour? Um, well, actually, so for the open day this year, we had to do a virtual open day because of Miss Rona. Um, so, yeah, part of my job here was to help um, come up with, like, the videos, the testimonials, and just the different tours and stuff like that. And then we did a live stream, which you were a part of. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I go out to schools and stuff, you can usually judge and tell which kids are really interested and they'll come up and ask you questions. Um, but yeah, I think my journey to university was quite unique mm-hmm. because, yeah, I didn't really decide that I wanted to do it until halfway yeah. through year 12. I'm like, oh crap, I need to knuckle down and try really hard now. Yeah, that's it. Because like you don't really choose like a like an industry that you want but you kind of cuz like usually late year 10 they start saying hey what subjects do you want to do for year 11 and 12 yeah. and at that point you were just kind of like I'll just do OP subjects to do OP subjects yeah so i just i don't know they were just kind of like yeah, I just did OP subjects because i to be honest i found the other ones too easy mm. um but i did film tv i did film and tv at school with someone called uh, Mr. Wilkinson, Wilco, shout out to you. Um, So I think he really sparked my interest and actually encouraged me to go along to the open day when I was just kind of like, university isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it came to actually putting in your QTAC applications, USQ was like my one and only choice. And my career's, which isn't recommended, um, my career's counsel is like, what are you doing? Like, you need to add more than one. I'm like, no, like, well, if I don't get into USQ, then I don't want to be anywhere else. So, 
That's it was crazy. pretty. It was pretty. Um, I don't know, dangerous to do, especially if I really, if US, if uni was the path that I wanted to go down. But mm. I think I believe everything happens for a reason, and I believe I was meant to be here, and here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had some insane opportunities um, through USQ. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you come to USQ, and, and what are the type of things that USQ is already giving you now? Okay. Um. Yeah, so I've had some insane opportunities, um, stuff that I thought would never happen in my wildest dreams. Um, So through TV and radio, I've had the opportunity to do work experience um, at places like Eurovision, which is pretty intense. So at the start of this year, I helped um, talent floor manage um, all the different artists, which was quite cool. So just casually hanging out with like Kate Miller-Heidke, Vanessa Amorossi, like stuff like that. Um, I also had the opportunity to go to the ACRAs, which is the Australian Commercial Radio Awards. Also went to the after party for that and had a bit of a boogie with Illy in front of Peking Duck. Yep. Yeah. That was, I think that's probably like the ultimate highlight because I have had a crush on Illy since I was very young. Um, Was he wearing a hat? He actually was wearing a hat. He was wearing a hat and a suit. Um, (laughs) I love that's his brand wearing hats yeah he's so good looking as well <laughs> honestly like i was with spencer Housen. if nobody if you don't know who spencer Housen is give him a google he's got his own mm. wikipedia so he's important he's, he's the man he i love spencer so much um he very much downplays himself but he was the voice of brisbane for 30 odd years um you talk to anybody in the field and they're just like oh my god spencer Housen. but he is a very he's i would say he's one of my main mentors and i'm very lucky um, to have him in my corner. When I posted my first um, podcast on Instagram, I spoke about how Spencer was helping me and I had my auntie reach out and be like, I listened to this guy for years. Like, that's yeah. incredible that mm-hmm. he's like your mentor of sorts. Yeah. And um, yeah, he is the man. Yeah. So you go, you do your revision, you do the ACRAC, did I? ACRAS, yeah. ACRAS, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. And then you're dancing with Illy and yeah. you've got, you got Peak and Duck giving you, giving you a gaze. Having a good time. Um, did you say you're also um, interning at ABC? I Yeah, actually. See, look, I've had that many opportunities. I'm just forgetting them. So I got the opportunity to intern at ABC, which was quite cool. I hung out with the Triple J hack team. So Tim Swanston. That's yeah, awesome. that was pretty gnarly. That was during, so that was last year during Big Sound Week as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like the Triple J team from Sydney came up. So I met people like Claire Mooney, who's part of the Triple J on Earth team. Um, getting Just getting people's contact details, like the phrase in this industry is not always what you know, it's who you know. 100%. Very much applies. 100%. Um, and then just the facilities we have here, like we have a very, we have a um, industry standard studio. I've had the chance to go hang out at Hit 105 with Brad Wood, who is um, part of the afternoon team, they have Zeta, and he is an absolute Zeta wizard. If you jump onto LinkedIn and have a look at his profile, we actually had him for a Zoom meeting as well as part of like radio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an absolute wizard. Um, another thing as well, like last week, I'm still adjusting to my sleeping schedule. I can't. I signed an NDA. I don't know if I can really tell you about it, but um, I worked on a Channel Seven production last week and wasn't like was like working crazy hours, like 16 hours a day, getting to bed at like 8 a.m. So I feel like um, I've got a really severe hangover and jet lag. <laughs> so part of one of the courses I'm doing as part of my degree is major broadcast. 
Um, so there's a whole bunch of students and we're actually like a full-on crew, which is amazing. So the stuff that we do actually is like real-life industry work. Like it's not just sit down, do an assignment kind of thing. So we are doing a uh, – I don't know if we're live streaming it, but we're filming the sit-down comedy club on the 24th of October at the Pado Tavern. Um, so I'm directing that, which is quite cool. So what what, what does that entail recording the sit-down comedy club? So we've been um, in pre-production for quite a while now. Um, last, I think it was last week. Yeah, last week um, we went and did like a, like so there's like packages and stuff that we want to insert in between like the actual stream. So we went and interviewed uh, Fideli, who is the owner of the sit-down comedy club. Mm-hmm. Um, which was super cool. He was super lovely. He gave us a tour of the venue. If you get the chance, like, honestly, go to a show. Yeah. We might I, even be able to get you tickets for this one if you're interested. I would love to. Yeah. yeah we, me, um, my girlfriend, she actually took me to a show like a month ago. We saw Mike yeah. Van Acker and it was a great, it was a really great time. There was some insane. So at the Pado Tavern, it's quite a small venue, but Fideli has managed to pack a lot of like little Easter eggs. Like he said that in his interview, he's like, I love Easter eggs in movies. So I wanted Easter eggs in my venue. And there is quite a lot. So he's got like halls of fame. Yes. Of people that have been there. And, and it's nuts. Like Matt mm. O'Kine's been there. Trevor Noah's been there. Like I can't even list the amount of people that have been there. Like I was, he was walking around the venue with me. I'm like, this dude's been here and he's like, yeah. Andrew Schultz yep. in there. Yep. Oh, so I good. Would've, I would have done some things <laughs> to see Andrew Schultz. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Like, um, I'm so jealous. Like, when, when I hear you say all these opportunities, I'm like just dying inside. You honestly, so you, are you, you're studying radio, aren't you, at the moment? I'm not, no. You should. Yeah. You should. <laughs> I, yeah, like, on, honestly, because like... Um, so I've just been picking up and I've been getting super into it and I've been just barging Spencer for more and more opportunities and oh, I think yeah. that, that might be... If any, like my biggest advice to anyone who is studying TV, radio or anything in general is just to put your hand up for everything because majority of the time it's work experience and you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So you're giving up a lot of your time, but through that you get the contacts, you get the experience, which is how I've myself and these other students have landed a paid job mm-hmm. like that's you know our career is essentially started and we're still at uni mm-hmm. which is quite rare yeah can i talk about the evolution of your show because you have one of the one of the better shows i would say oh, really? yeah. on, 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 on the roster of phoenix radio thank you appreciate that you're very welcome but can you can you talk about your show and where when you started how it's gone and what you're doing with it now Okay, um, so in your first year of radio, you get an hour slot. Mine was, I can't remember when it was, I think it was Thursday afternoons my slot was and I had Spencer um, in the studio with me for my very for my intro. I was very, very nervous. I very much was like, what am I doing? Like, I do not want to do this because the pressure of being live, um, like I wasn't as confident talking as I am now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I had Spencer in the studio with me. I did my intro. It was very quiet, very like wanted it over and done with. And I forgot to turn the mic off. So I've done my intro, played the song, but I forgot to turn my mic off. And I'm like to Spencer, what the hell? And he's like, turn the mic off. So that was my first um, thing. And then I eventually got comfortable with it um, and eventually found my groove and now I have the experience. I now have more freedom with what I can do with my show. Um, so my show now is um, seven till nine on a Wednesday evening. Um, and it's very much a music based show. 
Right. Like, so a lot of your shows, like, in the morning and stuff like that are, like, news kind of style, um, which I love, but I would, like, my passion is very much with music. So my show, I've, like, interviewed bands and stuff like that, like, pre-corona, obviously. Um, just doing, like, music reviews and stuff like that. What type of bands did you get in? Um, Mainly, like, Briz. So my cousin Russell is in Days Like These. Mm-hmm which is a Aussie, I'm going to get in trouble for saying the wrong genre. I'm just going to say punk. He's going to slap me later, but it's fine. Um, they were the very first band that I interviewed as part of a, as part of, a, they were the very first band I interviewed as part of an assignment. Um, I was actually very nervous to do that, even oh. though I knew all the boys. So I was very, I was lucky in the sense that I already had a relationship and a connection with the people I was interviewing, mm-hmm. but all of the time you get thrown in the studio with people you have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I was quite lucky in that sense. And then, so I regularly, again, pre-corona, I would go to a gig every weekend. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing my radio show based around music, I would go to a gig with the sense, with the intention of meeting bands right with this with the purpose of interviewing them right like, so like at the shows or like to get them back into sometimes studio at the show like i would just have my phone and be like hey i've got this show blah 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 and quite oh. often so it was a quite knit it was a, it was a quite it was a quite close knit um music scene and especially in the pop punk vibe um when crowbar was still open mm. r.i.p i actually had a pretty decent cry about that <laughs> and dedicated a whole show played thanks for the memories by fallout boy it was quite dramatic every single song oh, yeah <laughs> and coming up next <laughs> yeah oh it was it was pretty emotional because i have met a lot of i would say lifelong friends through those gigs um you know you know we've supported each other in the sense that i've interviewed them popped up a podcast for them. They've went and put that on their platforms. I've got exposure. They've got exposure. Um, so, yeah, I really miss that. And hopefully I'll be able to get back into that once things are normal again. But uh, quite a lot of, like, the pop punk venues have been closed down because mm. of corona. So the Crowbar moved to where the bright side is. So they moved from Brunswick Street to Warner Street mm-hmm. um, where the bright side was. Bright side moved into the Valley Drive-In. Mm-hmm. But... Just obviously, it's a really tough time for everybody in the entertainment industry at the moment. So I feel like we're seeing the light. We're like, we only had two cases in Queensland today. I feel like we're we're so close. Yeah. And there's recently been a new venue open up called O'Sculligans. They actually followed me on Instagram, which I thought was quite cool. I felt very special. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And the foundry shut down. So it's kind of, it's a tough time for everybody at the moment, but. Hopefully things will go back to semi-normal. I actually bought my f- first concert tickets in like nine months to go see Jaguar Jones. Do you know who she is? I don't. Oh my goodness. I need to educate you after this. I, so I'm, I met, I'm writing these names yeah, down. I met her at Eurovision and the Emerge Boys who are on Mondays. Yeah, Mondays 7 till 9. They actually introduced me to Jaguar Jones because I told them I'm going to Eurovision. Um, and they're like, oh my God, you're going to meet Jaguar Jones. Actually, no, they didn't say you're going to meet Jaguar Jones. They're like, oh, Jaguar Jones is at that. I'm like, okay, sick. Listen to her music. Um, and then I ended up talent floor managing her. Took a quick took a quick selfie with her and sent it to the boys. Like, guess who I just met? Um, so, yeah, and I actually, like, DM'd her. I'm like, hey, I'll see you at the show. And she's like, oh, my God, see you there, beautiful. I was like, mm. <laughs> And I posted, um, like, a photo with her. I didn't expect her to reply, but she said, oh, what did she say? So when I was at Eurovision, I posted a photo with her and she's like, thank you so much for your help. 
you did like I was just like oh my god I was like so starstruck I was like far out um but yeah I don't know how we ended up on that <laughs> you just here to flex this whole podcast is just like it's just Look me flexing great I am it's just me flexing but it's just honestly it's down to oh, someone just tried calling me um it's down to like me saying yes to all these opportunities like I've put in a lot of unpaid hours some very crazy hours like I said but yeah. So your tip to any uni student who, because you're someone like you, you're doing it perfect. Like you're studying, but you're getting all these opportunities before you even graduate. Yeah. So for someone who's in like I just, the dream position that you are, like what what would your tips be to a uni student? That's because my phone. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Look, when you say it like that, like I kind of like I don't really look at myself like that. Um, honestly, it's been a lot of hard work um, juggling a social life. Like I very much do not have a social life at the moment. Um, so it's about making sacrifices is probably the biggest thing I would say. Saying yes to every single opportunity possible. Understand that a lot of it is going to go unpaid, which you know, it's a, is again, a sacrifice you have to make. Um, yeah, I think that's my biggest advice is to just put your hand up for everything, say yes to everything. And I would say putting a real importance on, on meeting people and making connections with other human beings because I really do think, especially in, in our industry, that's how you get further. Mm. And I think in most working environments, it's not what you know. It, it, it's really very much who you know. Definitely. Now, look, five, five years' time, where, where do we see Shannon Lewis? Where does Shannon Lewis see Shannon Lewis? Where does Shannon Lewis see Shannon Lewis? Um, in five years' time, hopefully would have graduated by then. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I don't have a set goal of I want to be a producer. I just, I'm kind of just learning as I go, going with the flow of everything. Like I said, saying yes to every opportunity. So I've said yes to opportunities in TV. I've said yes to opportunities in radio. Spencer's very much pushing me towards radio, um, which is like totally yeah, cool. I, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Um, so I don't know where I'll end up. And honestly, like I'm happy wherever I end up. I think it's fair to say something paid and you're killing it i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> um is there like a little grudge like is there a little like grudge match between the tv and the radio industries do you think not at all like no? people would tend to think that obviously but the skills are very interchangeable and people jump ship quite mm -hmm. often well look that's all the questions i have for you today Sweet. Shannon. thank you so so much for coming on that's okay thank it's, you for um, inviting me uh, you're, you're killing it dude Aww, it's thanks. um it's so inspiring Aww. look everyone <laughs> shannon lewis you can listen to her wednesdays seven to nine um she's got a bunch of things coming up can't, a couple of things we can't talk about some of the things that we have spoken about today but uh shannon i bid you farewell High-achieving Year 12 students who put the University of Southern Queensland first on their QTAC application could become rewarded. Automatic scholarships up to $29,000 are on offer. Make USQ your first choice. 
and join the number one university in Australia for graduate starting salary. Visit usq.edu.au slash become rewarded for more details.